0: Like listening to it with that in the background, so it just hurts everybody.
1: Oh yeah, you got the Gronked Up podcast.
0: Yeah, thinking. we record a lot, and people just like good sound quality, or they just tune out. So <laughs> I just, even when it kind of gets choppy, it's just so annoying. And I'm, I'm sure you've listened to podcasts where it's super choppy, and you're just like, man. Oh yeah. You know, after a while, you, you kind of just start, you stop listening. So I'd rather it just be better.
1: Okay. I, I was actually listening to the Rob Van Dam one last night. Oh, they, for real nice. I know you guys grew up like big wrestling fans, right? Yeah, man. that was that was cool. So that was super
0: like we we didn't really do um any online and, and he was one of the first ones. So I was pretty excited. I was a little I was a little nervous about it, man cause I'm like, man, this this guy can go anywhere with his, with his topics he's, he's pretty he's pretty crazy so
1: pretty versatile
0: yeah i mean i was on his instagram page right before that and he has like all these chicks on him like half naked and i'm like oh man this is gonna be a good <laughs> show so i don't know what was gonna happen but it was it was good
1: he wasn't actually,
0: high was he, he might have been i don't think he was but we actually didn't do video for that one so I, i'm not oh. sure <laughs> that's funny we'll get me on here and it'll be like an hour and a half later i'm like man i got a lot to do today so yeah, um, yeah for sure
1: You're moving into
0: that new warehouse this by Thursday at the latest. So it's been um, it's been almost a month now since we bought it. It's just been a process. So uh, it's going to it's going to be a lot of work for these next two days. So interesting. I think that was like
1: one of the first things I wanted to ask you about uh, Ice Shaker, because obviously you founded it on Shark Tank, all of that. What was like your biggest inspiration behind doing that kind of coming from the football world, obviously, Gronkowski family well known in the NFL. What was kind of your inspiration uh behind starting that and how much of those values as a professional athlete when it came to mentality and kind of self-discipline did you carry over into becoming an entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, man, so I, I wanted to start it really because I was all about health and fitness. So our whole family is. My dad's been in the fitness industry for over thirty years, so. Um, I, I grew up watching him build a business you know he worked six years two jobs uh, you know while he started his own business and um you know it was fitness equipment so we saw the difference that it made we saw a difference it made in our own lives um as well and got us to that next level uh physically but also mentally you know it, it's a mental game for me as well so I've always loved health uh fitness nutrition and so at that time in my life uh I was done with football I was about five years out and I was working with my wife and uh we had our own business. Uh, it was super successful as well. She still has it. Um, we're actually integrating it together in, in our new warehouse, which is pretty cool. Uh, but it was her passion. You know, it, it, was, it, it wasn't it something that I had to do. Uh, you know, we were super comfortable. We were doing really well. But for me, it, it was something that I wanted to do. So when I thought of that, idea yeah, for Ice Shaker, it was, it was something that, that was a perfect fit. It was like, hey, I can, I can work out and make videos at the gym and, and it's considered work. Uh, you know, that's that's the best thing ever. So um, that's that's how it fell upon it. Um, I thought of the idea really because I wanted it for myself. I was at the gym, it was super hot out. And by the time I got there, you know, my bottle was warm. Uh, There's sweat rings everywhere. And at that time, there were so many insulated bottles on the market. And I was just figured I'd go home and just grab one off Amazon or, you know, off Google or whatever it was. And when I went home, there was just nothing on the market that I could find that was easy to fill, uh, easy to clean, uh, that would also keep your drink cold or hot. And, and then, you know, had the ability to, to mix. You know, I was all about traveling at that time, especially, um, before I had kids, I have three kids now, but, um, at that time I was going to Rob's games every weekend. Uh, I was traveling everywhere and, um, you know, it was tough to eat healthy when you're on the road you know, that's one of the biggest challenges. So I would always take powder with me and a shaker bottle. So, at that point I just wanted one bottle that I could use all day every day everywhere that I went and that was the goal so you know make a bottle for work and make a bottle for the gym uh, but also traveling at the pool at the kids games tailgate whatever it was I just wanted one bottle that I could use everywhere and that was the goal so uh, I went on the journey man and it was a long journey and um, you know you have to be passionate about it because if you're not it's never going to work and there was a lot of ups and downs and um, it, it's been a grind, man, but we're going on year four new warehouse coming and um, you know probably have over a hundred different products, uh, different colors and bottles at this time. So yeah. it's been good, but um, yeah, to hit, hit on the second part of the question um, there's a lot that, that transfers over from sports into the business world. Uh, you know, one of the first things you learn really for me was um, in college and that was just time management in college it's hard to be a student athlete you know you have a mandatory study hall um in the morning you have mandatory breakfast uh after that you know you're going right to workout or you're going right to class and then you know after class you're going you know either that workout if you didn't have it in the morning or you're going right to practice and then you get out of that you, know, you have a mandatory dinner yeah. and and then you're going right back to studying for the next day for the most part and then in between all that you're trying to party too and, and actually have a good time so it's a grind man so one of the first things i learned um from sports and college and all that as well is just time management which transfers over big time when you run your own business uh because there's never enough hours in the day and there's always something that comes up that you have to fix or do uh so time management was huge um number two uh from football what what i think is just also the Ability to study opponents and your competition. You know, people don't see that a lot, yeah. uh, but, but it's huge. You know, We have a playbook that we have to study each and every day. We watch film. Uh, we study each player, their tendencies, what they're doing. And, and by the time you get out there, you're, you're ready for it. And that's very similar with, with business. You, know, you have to study uh, the market. You have to study your competition. You have to see what's out there as well. Uh, so that transferred right over as well. Uh, the hard work, the long days, that's that's obvious. You know, yeah. you're, you're waking up early. You're grinding. Uh, exactly. Exactly the same with business. I mean, when I started this, uh, probably working 80 hours a week. Uh, now I'm probably still up there. Um, you know, if you include all the time I spend on a computer or on my phone that actually contributes to working, I'm sure I'm still at 80 hours a week as well. Um, but it never turns off. I mean, even as I go to, to lay down in bed, I'm still thinking about ways to get better or new things that I can do. And even social media, I mean, everything I do is just geared towards finding ways to just get out there and help more people. And, and, get more people um, into this healthy lifestyle that, that I'm trying to live. And then the last thing um, that I think is really big that, that I learned that actually took me a little while to implement was uh, teamwork. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as an athlete, you know, you're always in the system, um, but you're also so competitive. So when I left, I started my own business. I was so competitive that I just didn't think anyone else could do what I could do. Uh, so, you know, I put everything on my own plate. I tried to get it all done myself uh, you know, I was marketing, uh, you know, I was shipping out product. I'm doing customer service. I'm sourcing the product. I'm doing every single aspect of the business because, you know, to me, you know, I was, I was so competitive that I thought I was the best at everything. Uh, and at the end of the day, it ended up limiting us. You know, if you really want to scale, if you really want to get to that next level, you have to build a team, you know, teams win championships and everybody plays a role in a winning team. And, um, you know, that was one aspect that I just didn't do a great job of that. I really wish I, I did earlier. Um, you know there's a there's a window where you have to grind you have to put that work in you know you have to do everything but then you know once you get there and and, and once you start getting uh you know some, some money in, in your account there's also a time to to quickly switch over and start bringing in team members and giving them responsibilities and let them run with it as well so um i, I think i got there and, and i just didn't want to give it up and i just took a little bit too long to to really build that team so this year has been big. I'm focusing on team, and I think that's really the last aspect that I've learned from sports that I think is really going to take us to that that next level and make us a championship team.
1: Yeah. At what age do you think that was kind of like ingrained into your mind, all of you guys, all five brothers, I guess you could say? Because I know uh, I read that your dad made you guys a gym in your basement when you guys were young. Like How – what was that whole experience like growing up in that household when it came to the self-discipline factor and all that stuff?
0: Yeah. So yeah, my dad, he had the gym in the basement and um, my dad, I mean, my parents did a great job of raising us. So everything was you know, done for a reason to teach us you know, really the value of life and, and the value of a dollar. And then also earning everything that you had. Uh, I think that was one of the best lessons that they did for us was, you know, we're never going to just hand you anything. If you want it, you have to earn it. You know, if you want it, go to college. Awesome. You're paying for it unless you get a scholarship. So, um, you know, you want a car. Great. Um, find a way to get a car. <laughs> you know, you can, you can buy it yourself and you know, you want a new one, even better, find a way to buy a new car. That That's fine. But you're paying for it yourself. Uh, so they did a really good job of, of just teaching us the basic principles of, of hard work is really what it came down to. Uh, so the gym was there, but it was never forced upon us, you know. Uh, my dad would show us if we wanted to do it. So right. people ask all the time, you know, your dad played football, you know, so that he, you guys were a football family. And the answer was really no. My oldest brother Gordy, he never played football. Um, my older brother Dan did, but he didn't start until high school. And then same with the rest of us. None of us actually started playing football until high school. It was really my dad's whole mentality was, um, you know, if you want it, if you want the help, I'll help you get there. But If you don't want it bad enough, I'm not going to waste my time. Uh, So I think that was also just one of those things that kind of ingrained in our mind. If you want it, go all in. You know, if you don't, then, you know, uh, that's on you. That's fine. I'm not going to force you to do it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. And on top of that, my mom um, really just also did a really good job with with our homework and and grades. And just the responsibility on that end as well, because that is important. A lot of people think it's all about athletic talent. Um, Right what people don't realize is my scholarship for college pretty much came because of my grades. I was going to the university of Penn. I was accepted in the Wharton business school, uh, which was a huge honor. Um, Ivy league is, is very tough to get into. Right. Uh, but I ended up actually getting us late. It was, it was pretty much a week before camp started, uh, with college from the university of Maryland. And it, and it came because of my grades, uh, they lost a couple guys that couldn't get in. They couldn't pass their SATs or ACTs, whatever it was. They were going to prep school, um, they, had, they were about to go on academic probation because the team overall just wasn't doing that well. So I got this last-minute offer, and it pretty much came down to the fact that they wanted me to come in and, and boost up their GPA. And it was kind of on this principle that, hey, we'll give you the scholarship, but you better have a 4.0, and, and hopefully you can contribute to football as well is almost what it came down to. So uh, grades are huge. And when you look at it, if I was just as talented as someone else but their grades weren't as good, they're going to take me all day over that person because they know I'm not going to be a problem. They know I'm going to be there for four years. They know I'm going to look good uh, for them at the end of the day. Whereas, you know, if they take someone that might be the same talent, but the grades aren't there, they might flunk out in the first year. And it's just a waste of time for everybody. It makes them look bad. So grades are important. And and like I said, it goes all the way through, uh, especially the NFL level. It's not, it's not something where you just uh, look at a guy and, and you know who you're blocking. You know, you have to know entire defensive scheme at that point. So you have to know how to study. You have to know how to learn a playbook and, that all comes back all the way to high school. You know, if you don't pick up the basic principles of learning, uh, you know, just a, a book in high school, you're not going to learn a playbook in the NFL either. So figure it out at the high school level and just let those good habits you know, transfer all the way through uh, to college and then the NFL as well.
1: Now, on that topic, you go through all this. You, obviously, you work your ass off to get where you're at, at the pro level. What do you think was the most humbling experience for you as a player, whether it was off the field or on the field? Man, the most humbling experience uh,
0: every day. Every day yeah. was a humbling experience yeah. for me. Uh, it really was. It was it was an absolute grind, man, every day. So, um, you know, every guy you hit was the best guy on their college team who was the best player in their high school. Uh, so, so every day, man, I, I know just going against uh, DeMarcus Ware, was probably the most humbling thing ever. Uh, I probably tried to block him at least 20 times and unsuccessfully did so every single time. I mean, he was, he was at his prime at the time when I was there. And, um, he was so good and so strong that if I ran at him full speed, he would, he would just juke me, you know, and I'd miss the block. So I'd have to slow down and I'd have to try to fit up on him, but he was so strong and had so much leverage that he can literally just one hand me. And, um, like, I, I couldn't touch the guy, man. So that would drive me insane every time I had to try to block him. Uh, so, something like like that was every day, man, was a, was a humbling experience. And it was just trying
1: to find a way to get better each and every day. Wow. Back on the topic of Ice Shaker, because, again, you guys were on Shark Tank. I wanted to get your take on like what that whole experience is like. Uh, obviously, striking a deal with Cuban and A Rod uh, at the time. What was that whole experience for you like, as well as? all you guys because you were all there right yeah man so uh, i was the main uh person on
0: the show so I, I pitched it uh my brothers actually weren't a part of the company um at the time rob is now he actually ended up buying a rod out but um it's the real deal man it, it really is what they say it is um you, know, you go on the show you have a chance to look really good or look really <laughs> bad uh luckily for me uh we ended up getting offers from all five sharks it ended up being a, a huge proof of concept for us. Uh, we ended up getting the investments from Mark um, and, and Alex after, and you know, the sales exploded. Uh, but it came because you know I was prepared for it. Um, I think we did a great job on the pitch. And then um, it was kind of just a, a simple and easy product to explain. And it was something that was needed at the time, but just no one was doing yet. Um, so, yeah, man, it, 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 it was what I needed. Uh, we were six months in when we got on the show. We had 80000 in sales. Uh, the next 12 months after we aired, we went from that 80,000 to over 3 million in sales. So, uh, the shark tank effect is real, but what is also real is the hard work that comes with it, man. Uh, because when you go from $80,000 as a side hustle, uh, you know, to, to 3 million in sales, it becomes a, a full-time business overnight. And the workload is, um, you know, it, it explodes as well. So that time th- there really was no employees, um, it, and it was really um, a huge learning experience for me. It was so much stuff was just thrown at me all at once. And, you know, it, it was a struggle for sure. You don't just go and uh, sit on, sit on an Island and uh, raking all this money, right. you know, you go straight to work and it's been a grind, man, for the last, the last three years since that happened.
1: What do you think was like the biggest shell shock moment and all that? I'm sure you could reach out to those guys for advice at the time, whenever you wanted, it. Right. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I it's hard to get access to someone that big. Uh, yeah. You're talking about the actual sharks, right? Yeah, I, I mean they have so much on their plate that you know if there was nothing in in it for them, it, it would be hard to contact them. But um, man, the biggest the biggest shocker for me um, was actually the fact that they wanted to rename the product, which I which I thought was crazy. Uh, you know, they're supposedly supposed to be experts, um, and a lot of it comes down to two: is you know was this really what they believed, or is this for the show? Because there are things that are done on the show for entertainment value only, I'm sure. You know, uh, so it, it could have been that play as well. Uh, but to me, it was shocking that they literally told me they wanted to trash all the bottles that I had and change them to the grog shaker, uh, which I knew was a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, because it, it just limits your market. And then the sharks supposing, supposedly are, you know, these marketing geniuses and um, are supposed to help you take it to the next level. But by doing that and why I didn't name the product the grog shaker was because it, it greatly limits your market, you know, it limits it to people that are New England fans or football fans, but you know, someone like a Bills fan or a Jets fan or a Dolphins fan will literally not buy the product just because of that name on the bottle. So, um, you know, it would do great in the Northeast, it'd do great early on, but at the end of the day, I wanted it to be a product for everybody. So that question shocked me. Um, and I easily fixed that, that their suggestion just by, um, you know, making a limited edition and I did come out with a limited edition right after the show, and um, you know, if for all those comments from people that said, you know, I'm an idiot for not changing the name and all that, they really didn't sell, uh, you know, a, a ton or anything like that. It didn't like explode when I made this limited edition, so I, I was right uh, with why I named it, and um, it kind of just proved itself and played out how I thought it would.
1: Now, on that topic, you said that if it was renamed to the Gronk Shaker, it would- basically resonate with more of New England fans and Rob. The whole Gronk nickname to me, like, who was the, like, was that always Rob's nickname? Like, that was always associated with Rob? Or were you guys all Gronk at one point in your careers? Like, what's the the origin behind the nickname? Yeah,
0: it's funny because it actually was my brother Dan was probably the one who was called it first. Um, But Rob was never called Gronk because he always played with one of us uh, for the most part. So, um, you know, Dan was the first one in football. So th- they called him Gronk because he was the only one there. Yeah. Um, after that, you know, uh, you know, I played with Dan and then I played with Rob and then I played with Rob in college. So you couldn't really call him Gronk because there's two of us on the same team. So that nickname really didn't come around, uh, until the NFL.
1: And you both played at the university of Arizona.
0: Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, I actually went to the University of Maryland first. I played with my brother, Dan, and I I transferred over to um, Arizona and then played with Rob, and then uh, we ended up coming out in the same draft together. Uh, I was a redshirt senior, and he was a a true junior at the time, so we ended up being in the same draft as well.
1: Wow. How close is that family? You know, like you talk about growing up together in the same house with that self-discipline factor. You had the gym there if you wanted it. Uh, Obviously, three of you guys uh, uh, – GoPro at the same time, what, what is the, like, what, what do you think makes you guys so close? I feel like you're all very similar when it comes to personality and, and stuff like that. What think what's like the one thing that you think made you guys so close growing up even now as adults?
0: Oh man. Uh, I mean, it was just like, it was just us growing up because yeah. we were so crazy that like we didn't have babysitters or we didn't have like someone's house to go to. Um, my dad said it all the time, you know, after the second kid, you know, so when he when he had me, the third, no one invited them over anymore. So it was almost like we were so crazy that we were locked down to our house. And so it was just us. And I remember going my first day to to preschool, elementary school, whatever it was, and um uh, you know, it was like this crazy moment for me that I still remember to this day because I'd never really been away from my family before. Uh so that's how it was. And um You know, we didn't go out to dinner because we were too crazy. Uh, You know, my mom uh, would try to bring us to church and it was just not happening. Uh, So we were literally confined to like our house and to our sports and that was it. So we always just every day, each and every day we played with each other, we competed against each other. We were that house that everyone came to, uh, friends wise as well. So we were just always around each other and always playing with each other. So I think that's why we're so close.
1: What do you think is your favorite venture as, as like, adults, whether it's, like, on game shows or now, I, obviously as kids, rough all the time, but as adults, what do you think has been your favorite uh, venture with the five of you?
0: Man, there's been some good ones, for sure. Uh, I would say, man, um, Gronk Beach, so the newest party, okay. was, was a good one, for sure. But um, we're actually launching today uh, our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's great, man. Um, it was kind of started because... Rob retired for a year, and when he was playing, we always used games as a way to get together as a family. You know, we'd always come together; everyone would come to the game. We'd be able to see each other, you know, four or five, you know, maybe ten times a year. Uh, but that, then once he retired, we really didn't have that anymore. Uh, so we said, "Hey, you know, let's let's do this YouTube channel and let's do some events together. We can compete against each other, bring in some cool names." Uh, so so we did. Uh, so one of the, the the videos that are launching today is uh, we went deep sea fishing uh, and uh, we caught some, some monsters that we pulled up. Uh, we all got sick, we were all throwing up, but um, <laughs> it, it's just a good time, man. So uh, we did another one that, that's also launching today with the launch and it's, it's just you know, a beer pong tournament and mm-hmm. just having fun with, with a couple other celebrities as well. So um, just trying to find ways to come together. So I think, man, this is uh, something that we go and we film you know, five, six, seven videos at a time on a weekend. Yeah. And the last one we went on was in Tampa, man. It was just one of those trips where you're like, man, this isn't even work. Like this is, this is amazing. So this is so much fun. And like everything we're doing, is just great. So uh, that's been one of my, my funnest things that, that and I think it's just going to continue on, man. And we just keep thinking of new ideas where we're like, you know, this is so epic. We got to do it. So uh, excited to see what happens, you know, once the season's over and we're able to film a little bit
1: more. Now, was that more over like the past year when all of you guys did this, or was it, uh- more recent. So uh some of the stuff's more recent, uh some of it was was months ago, but
0: the whole idea really was to film while we were actually doing real events. Uh, yeah. You know, most of the you know reality shows or whatever it is out there, you know it's all it's all planned whereas you know we were doing all kinds of stuff. We had a stadium blitz event, uh you know so many charity events that we were doing. Right. There's so many things that um we do anyways. I mean it's almost a weekly thing that there's some kind of event that you know, we'd love to showcase. And really get some more eyeballs on because you know it's it's either a lot of fun or it's helping a great cause, uh, and so we just wanted to start doing that because we're doing it anyway. So we wanted to find a way to get out there. Uh, YouTube was probably the best way to do it, and so we had it all planned out. And then COVID hit, and all of our events were canceled. Um, you know, all of our city of Blitz events and all the charity events, everything we had going on was just wiped out. Um, so at that point, we we did do like a, a boys' weekend trip to Tampa and that's more recent, but, um, some of the stuff's a little bit in the past, uh, some of it's just over zoom, um, and stuff like that. And then, um, a lot of it's actually filmed, um, over the past couple of weeks or actually a little bit, a little bit before that. So like the last month or two,
1: how creative do you have to be to do it over zoom? Like what type of stuff would you guys do to kind of make that entertaining? Because
0: it's hard. It's, it, it's very hard. It's more like, it's more like game show style. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they'll ask a question and, we'll all write on a, on a board. And at the same time, we got to hold it up kind of deal. So uh, it gets pretty funny, man. Some of those are pretty good. And uh might, it might even transition into more of like live feeds as well. So like, Hey, maybe it's, you know, Tuesday game night or something like that, or Tuesday Q and a, uh, you know, when Rob has an off day on the, during the week. So uh, it could transition to that. I don't know how much we'll do during the season because at the end of the day, you know, he has one focus at this time and it's not YouTube, you know, it's to go out there and, and, and win another Super Bowl. So um, we're not going to push it or even try to. But um, you know, maybe it, maybe an off week or something like that,
1: we might might get a video or two in. Yeah. How shocked were you when he uh, came out of retirement and signed with Tampa? Because I feel like a lot of people were kind of in that boat. Like I I don't think he's coming back. And then all of a sudden. Uh, you, get, you put Tom and Rob back together in one unit in Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden, like, things start to roll in motion and things start to become more exciting. Like, they have an opportunity to win a fourth time together with an entirely different unit.
0: Yeah, man. Well, TMZ asked me this question a month before uh, he came out of retirement, and I said I'd be shocked. And, and I would, um, and I was because, <laughs> you know, once you leave the game, game it's hard to go back. Yeah, it man. really is, man. Like, it's not, it's not an easy game. It's not even a game. It's a job at the end of the day and it's a job that's super super stressful uh no matter where you're at and it's super dangerous too so uh you know you can feel like you're the healthiest you've ever been uh until you go and get blindsided up the middle and someone takes out your knee there's no way to prepare for it there's no way to train for it there's no way to protect yourself for it so uh it's a brutal game man it really is And to me i thought he accomplished everything that he came to accomplish and uh so i thought it was a great ending you know, to, to a great story. But at the end of the day, you know, if the fire is still burning and you're still, you know, the premier player at your position, it's super hard to walk away. Uh, You know, for most guys, it's, you know, they walk away because they're forced to, Uh, when you walk away on your own terms, you kind of always have that. What if, and uh, I think that what if was still there and, and that regret, you know, was still there that, you know, maybe I have one more left in me. So
1: uh,
0: if that's the case, man, I say, go for it all day because, you know, life life is long after football, man. You know, it, it's a whole another chapter, and if you have those regrets, man, you're just gonna you're gonna you're gonna sleep on them every night, and and you're gonna regret it. So, I'm glad he went back, and the second he did, man, he just lit up. You know, that fire was relit, uh, a whole new focus, whole new mission, and, and man, he he got excited really quick again. So, uh, it's good to see that fire back in his eyes.
1: Did you not have that same uh, desire when you hung it up? Uh so for me, man. Um, it was an easy choice
0: for me. Yeah. So, uh, I got hurt. I took an injury settlement, uh, my fourth year. And then I actually, I tried to come back and I ran a 40 yard dash and I, and I ruptured my hamstring. So, uh, for me, it was either have surgery, um, yeah. you know, recover from it, try to come back from it, which probably wasn't going to happen. Um, unless I put a, at least a year of really hard work into it. Um, or it, it was to move on to this the new business that I had that was actually making more money than my nfl career was making uh so for me it, it was a it was almost a a blessing that i got hurt because it was just the end of the chapter you know it was an easy end it was easy for me to walk away with no regrets because i knew it was over
1: now during your playing days on that topic who do you think was the most i want to say like disciplinarian uh, player that you played with but kind of the most looked up to in high regard when you played, whether it was in Dallas or or Denver? Uh, Man, definitely Peyton Manning
0: um, all day, man. Um, Everything that people say about him is true. Uh, He is the first guy there. He's the last guy to leave. Uh, He is a coach on the field. He knows every single uh, player's responsibility in that huddle. Uh, He really is, man. And he's funny. And he does get his point across as well and is a great leader. So. Uh, Peyton all day would, would take that.
1: And I kind of wanted to dive into the gronked Up podcast a little bit, I'm doing a podcast right now. Uh, what, what was the whole idea behind that? And what's kind of like your main message uh, when doing this podcast? Cause you have people on from all over the spectrum, you know, like whether it was Rob Van Dam or whether it's uh, other professional athletes. So what's the main message that you're trying to get across with the podcast?
0: Yeah, man. So it, it all really started with value. Um, I had a lot of people that are asking us questions um, you know in my dms about either business or marketing or fitness nutrition really anything you could think of so uh you know usually i'd write back a couple sentences uh hey eat this or, or try this workout uh and then it even got to the point where i was writing blogs um full blogs about what i was eating uh, my workouts i was doing and, and writing them all out but at the end of the day, the best way to really get my message across and really give people a detailed answer was to do a podcast. So uh, you know, we, we, we sat down and just said, Hey, you know, here's probably 50 topics that I'm getting asked over and over and over again. You know, let's, let's, let's give them a, you know, a great informational resource that they can go to and actually really learn it. Yeah. Uh, so if they actually want to do this, they're not just getting four sentences from me. They're getting a 30 minute podcast on how to really get it done. so, uh, that's what it started with from anything from, you know, setting up your own business to um, email marketing, Facebook marketing, um, health and nutrition, anything that I could think of that I knew a lot on that could bring other people value. I said, you know, let's let's do a full podcast on it. Yeah. And then after that, once I ran out of stuff that I was an expert in, I said, hey, you know, the first 30 or so were were pretty much me and, and um, my co-host Ryan. And after that, we said, hey, you know, we're not experts at this. But let's find someone who is. Uh, so especially when COVID hit, you know, the first thing we did was, you know, uh, I, I know a lot about you know health and nutrition, but I'm not a diet coach. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert at, at it. So let's bring in a diet coach. Let's bring in the expert in nutrition, uh, especially now because people can't go to the gym. Uh, let's bring in Tony Horton. So we got Tony Horton on right at that time, who's like the master of uh, at-home workouts with P90X. So we brought him in right at that point. And we just said, uh, you know, if we don't know something, if we're not great at it, let's find someone who is, let's find someone who's an expert and let's bring them in. So that just kind of led to um, a ton of amazing guests at this point. And um, yeah, we're we're on, I think we're on episode 68, actually, uh, that we just released. And on 68 was um, one of my favorite, my favorite guys, Andy Frisella, who um, I've listened to probably over 300 of his podcasts with the MFCEO project. So he's kind of one of those dream guests for me. And and at episode 68, um, probably about a year into the podcast, I was able to get them on my end. So it was kind of a nice defining moment for us.
1: And, and for you personally, and this will be the last question I ask you, I don't wanna to take too much of your time. For you personally, when it comes to fitness, what's your kind of goal right now? Obviously during your playing days, I assume you're trying to bulk up as much as you can, uh, trying to find that obviously still have the highest amount of stamina that you could have. What, is your main purpose right now obviously you got a family you got kids like are you trying to be as cut as you want to be are you trying to bulk up like what's what's your whole mo right now when it comes to fitness for you personally
0: yeah man so i'm more about just functionality at this point yeah Um, (laughs) if you look at me in my playing days i was huge um it, it took me a while to lose that weight and really throughout all of college as well i mean i was big and i had to be big to play my position and i was carrying weight that I wouldn't naturally carry just so that I could perform. Uh, So my goal then was, you know, just keep the weight on. You know, I'd go into camp at 245. Uh, By the end of camp, I'd be 228. I'm trying to block linebackers that are, you know, 250. So uh, I had to purposely eat as much as I could. But with that, that habit's hard to kick, man, especially when you're done and your activity level goes way down. Uh, So with that, I had to find a way. It took me about three years uh, to really lose that weight um and, and and get shredded. So um at this point it's really for me it's functionality. Um so I'm not trying to go in there and, and bench, you know, three fifteen anymore or you know, squat a house like I used to. Um yeah, you know, I'm I'm going in there and, and I'm doing high reps. You know, I'm trying to get a good muscle pump. I'm trying to build muscle still, lose fat. And really the overall goal is, you know, get healthy um uh, and look good too, man. I mean, you got to look good, right? So uh, a lot of people now just, they're like, man, you look like you could play. And I'm like, no, I can't play. I'm 35 pounds down and I might look shredded. I I might look cut. I might look like I'm in really good shape, but it's a completely different shape than what football is. You know, football is all about being explosive, man. So it's the most weight as possible that you can move as fast as possible. You know, so, you know, bench, you're sitting there and you're, you're benching, you know, 405 for reps of three, you know now i'm down to you know i'll do 225 for 15 or whatever it is and or maybe i'll just do 50 push-ups or whatever it is man but it's all now just about getting the muscles uh you know getting blood to the muscles get it flowing and just feeling good man and being able to just do stuff each and every day without hurting
1: now what was the diet like during your playing days obviously you said you were a lot bigger uh than just overall like were you just eating whatever was there that was the
0: best diet ever
1: man so uh (laughs) every meal
0: when you're in the nfl is a buffet for the most part um it was it was at a point where i would literally just eat bacon uh Mm. in the morning at breakfast just to keep weight uh i I remember my my year with the broncos i was actually uh i wasn't playing as much uh because peyton you know they brought me in as his fullback for peyton but you know he runs a hurry up offense and He's never used a pullback in his life, but they kind of brought me as a a security blanket in in case he couldn't really throw. So uh, I played mostly just all special teams, a little bit on offense, but I wasn't as active. So I was, um, I was, and I was still eating bacon every day. So I had to actually cut the bacon out for one year uh, just because I didn't need that many calories. But uh, early on, especially like with the Cowboys when I was taking a ton of snaps and um, you know, they were just killing us in practice too. And you know, I had to, just eat whatever i could just to get calories in so it was eat as much as i can whenever i could um, and that's complete opposite now uh, i i try to eat smaller meals and just i eat frequently i just eat a lot smaller meals and um, i stop eating once i'm full at this point so yeah.
1: now when it comes to the, the calorie like surplus intake obviously when you're playing you're trying to be as big as possible you're trying to be as explosive as possible again eating like a ton of bacon which isn't necessarily the healthiest thing in the world (laughs) given with everything that you're doing now when it comes to fitness do you learn more and more every day about different types of things to do to like accomplish those goals or is it more of like okay this is the writing on the wall this is what i need to do i I mean i
0: i research now and i I actually study um a, a lot more about my diet and nutrition when I was playing it, it, I had no idea, you know, I, I didn't know why I was doing it. Um, I mean, even coming out of college, college was all about how much food can I get for the cheapest amount of money possible. Yeah. You know, so if that was uh, going to Wendy's and getting, you know, a, a double, a double burger and a frosty for like three bucks, you know, that was what I was doing, man, cause I needed, I needed a thousand calories, you know, I, I wanted to get as much as I could for as little as possible. So um, yeah, now I actually, you know, I, I, I research a lot more into what I'm eating, why I'm eating it, when I'm eating it as well. Um, Cause that's big too. Um, a lot of people don't realize that you, know, you can eat certain foods that aren't necessarily healthy for you if you're eating them at the right times as well. So, uh, and using them for fuel for a workout or something like that. So a lot about just when to eat fats, healthy fats, when to eat your carbs, uh, when to eat your protein really helps as well and most people don't know that. So,
1: and this will be the last question I promise. I'm not gonna be that guy that goes like an hour and a half. <laughs> For, for you guys growing up in the Gronkowski house, who was the one guy that was picked on the most? And what was the most gruesome, gruesome injury between the five of you?
0: Man, uh, most picked on was definitely Rob, and he loved yeah. it, man. <laughs> uh, we just beat him down, and he just keep coming back for more. Uh, most gruesome injury, man, there's, there's a couple. Um, I think Gord flipped off his bike. He broke his collarbone, so that one was pretty good early on, uh, Rob, we raced, we were racing on four wheelers and uh, he was going too fast, flew off the path, hit a tree and um, he flew off the four wheeler and then he had like, he didn't really want to say anything, but he had like this piece of wood that was, I mean, it was a good, good chunk of wood that was stuck in his leg and it actually got stuck in there. The branch broke off and like, you know, it was, it was deep in there, but he didn't tell anyone. And so as time went on, your body starts to push foreign objects out yeah and um, all of a sudden he had like this big this big tree stuff uh like coming out of his leg man and then he finally said something so that was that was a pretty good one too we had to go in and get that that taken out but uh yeah man that was good um oh my God. little brother glenn got we, we played mini sticks in the basement so on christmas day my mom was filming um i think rob checked me and glenn was behind me uh and he was only like i don't know maybe two or three at the time and uh you know, so I tripped over him, fell on him, uh, and he slammed his chin and cut his chin open on Christmas Eve. So my mom was at the hospital for Christmas Eve getting him stitched up. So there was just a lot of action, man, all day, every day. Uh, but, I mean, I wouldn't say there was that many injuries uh, for the most part. It was kind of like, you know, I'm sure we had a ton of bumps and bruises, but yeah. nothing that was really that serious.
1: I mean, you guys are definitely tough guys. Did you played through an injury during uh, your NFL days, right? I read that correctly. D- didn't you have a? Uh, I mean, I guess you know better than anybody. What weren't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I tore. Um, so it was week seven with the Colts. I tore my pec, uh, so I had pec surgery that ended my season. Um, but that, I mean, just, it's really that's all you do as, a, as an NFL athlete, man. Is you you play through injuries. Wow! You know, all day, every day, and. Man, I've seen some guys where their entire legs are black and blue and, and they're still playing. Uh, so you kind of just learn to to get through the pain, and um, it's part of the job.
1: God, Tough guys, tough guys. And I promise that's it. Chris, thanks so much for taking time out of your day, man, to talk to me. Thanks for being generous enough. And uh, the best of luck moving forward with Ice Shaker. Have fun at the new warehouse, man. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it, man. I am so bummed. Going
0: to break up, he's definitely going to break up with you. Should have used TickPick.
1: what'd you say? Tick pick. Look. Oh, whoa, 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 What? There are no hidden fees. What would you guys think I said? Oh, Tick Pick. I thought you said it. <laughs> Tick Pick. No hidden fees. Download
0: today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for
1: B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.